War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Please visit our website. We have some a uh, lot of new content up. I think you're gonna like it. And folks, I also want to um, you're gonna see. So we, we have original stories on the website petro.com. One of the original stories that we have up is what happened in Cumberland. And I want to um, point out on this Monday, it is July 11th, that there has been. Um, well, you can read the story, but as as people uh, know. For those especially in the, well, it's really northern Rhode Island, but certainly in the Cumberland area, that you did have the tragic situation um, with the Hewards, uh, Courtney and Eric Heward, and the fact that they were found shot dead in their home. There has been, um, there has been some speculation simply because um, right out of the box, it would, it would seem to be a, uh, a clear cut case of, um, and I don't come to this lightly, but it was the morning of June 22nd, less than a month ago on Birchwood Drive, beautiful street in Cumberland that apparently the three children were in the home and then they found their parents on the first floor. And that has, um, not there's been a lot of uh, questions and speculation on if if it's what we believed it was. What you know, what would be taking so long? What would be taking the police so long? Well, uh, we have been uh, covering the case and digging in on the case, and what what I have found and we can report is, and I I don't say this lightly, and it's very sad, but apparently both victims uh had two gunshot wounds apiece and because the the shooter now cumberland police it's my understanding they're not going to come out with a report on this until sometime when i spoke to them they said sometime in august or certainly not right away but there's been so much speculation that i think you know people are contacting me with different theories but from what i have learned and otherwise we wouldn't be reporting this, is that both had two, tragically, gunshot wounds apiece, including the shooter, which was self-inflicted. And because the shooter suffered two gunshot wounds, that then there's, there's more of an investigation and they're doing testing. I want to commend the Cumberland Police. have done a very thorough job. They've done a very professional job. This is not an easy case, but tragically, when they make their final announcement, and I, I think it's going to be sometime next month, but it is my understanding that, in fact, what they're going to announce is that this was a, a tragic suicide, that it was a tragic suicide, so uh, murder-suicide, I should say. So it's terrible. Those three children are going to have to live with that deal with that you know it's impossible I, i'm not going to get into a possible motive there's been speculation on that but you can read the story right there on the website uh, we're going to leave that up to police if they want to talk about there's been speculation on that but there was also speculation one of the reasons i'm mentioning the cumberland situation is there there has been speculation and and I am dealing with people who have been sending me messages saying that they've heard that there was there could be a possible uh, an arrest in the case. And I was hearing that there was possibly going to be an arrest. But the more we've kind of dug into it, I feel more than confident in saying that is our, my understanding that there will be no arrest in the case. It's, it's unfortunate what it's going to end up being what seem to be in the beginning uh and i also want to be very clear that the fact that it's 
you know, the, the police are certainly being cautious in taking their time that I, I don't want to make it seem it it's, you know, this is a case you have to get it right. And the Cumberland police, I, I want to be very clear. They're not, it's not taking any longer than it normally should. They don't handle a lot of, um, cases like this. Anyone that would know it, uh, it's, I also, I want to point out to people, you know, there are some people that I've spoken to that talk about people are talking about this and everywhere people go in town, people are talking about it. Well, there's, there's always the alternative, which is something like this happens and no one talks about it. Uh, we're certainly not there yet. So it's so out of the norm. It's so unusual and it's so tragic. And not only are the three children reeling from this, but the the friends and family of uh of both you know the the couple courtney and eric are dealing with this and her family's obviously dealing with it we don't know what would um in in by all accounts i mean she was successful she had just started her own business um whatever conversation was had we're going to leave it up to the police how much they want to reveal but what what should be the focus here is the community needs to rally around not only these three children but the family um of both uh courtney and eric that are also grieving over this and hurting over this it's just um it's really hard to fathom how something like this would happen you know and and let's just say it's hard to fathom something like this would happen anywhere let alone in in a in a beautiful town like like cumberland rhode island so everyone has been buzzing about it there's been a lot of talk about it and i know that in the northern part of the state especially there's been a lot of talk and it's kind of become you know that's what people are talking about this summer with different theories but i am telling you i have a very good authority and talking different sources both um well police and friends and family and also first responders that it, it is what initially was thought which is just a um it's a tragic murder suicide um and then um there will not be an arrest in the case and some of the theories that are out there that it was possibly they were looking at someone it, it is by all accounts my understanding that is that is not the case in any way so sorry to break the news on this monday but it's definitely news all right folks we have a lot ahead governor uh, former governor Raimondo, uh in the news she was on the news shows yesterday and you want to talk about like trotting out there and i don't want to say the expression taking one for the team because she's responsible for her own actions i don't know how they arrived that that they thought and she thought it would be a good idea to but this business that her saying on the, the, the Sunday shows, U.S. will, uh, no reason we're going to face serious recession. Um, you know, she's, she's trying to split the atom here. This is uh, Gen, uh, um, Commerce Secretary, former Governor Gina Raimondo, on with uh, George Stephanopoulos. Uh, this is yesterday. You climbing. Good morning, George. Good to be with you. Uh, I think we can. So let me say this. The economy in the past year, year and a half has been growing at unprecedentedly high rates, you know, five, six percent. I don't think that we should expect that, right? I think it's normal to think that as we continue to come out of the pandemic, we will transition to a more to a robust growth, but a more steady growth. So I do think at some point, you know, we will see. Uh, a less rapid growth in the economy. But I don't see any reason to think that we will have uh, a serious recession. In f you know, by no measure, right? Serious We've recovered recession. all the jobs since the pandemic. We have not recovered uh, all the jobs. household balance sheets are strong. Companies are doing not well. True. Companies are hiring. Companies are growing. Companies can't find workers. I was recently talking to the CEO of a, a major U.S. company who said to me, you know, it's almost like we're trying to talk ourselves into a recession. He That's said he ridiculous. sees no signs of it. You know, his customers, both individual and companies, are buying. So the fundamentals of this economy are very strong. Inflation is our, is our problem, and it is our top priority. Uh, and so I think, you know, perhaps a transition to a more 
traditional growth level, but I don't think we should be talking ourselves into a recession. See, that's the new talking point. We are talking ourselves, talking ourselves into a recession. You know, that we're, we're talking ourselves into a recession. That is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, no, we're not talking ourselves into recession. It's real. All right, folks, a lot more ahead on this Monday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams drug testing full laboratory services and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. Listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he's the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to actually start off. Providence Journal has a story, and I want to give them credit because at least they're starting to draw attention to it. But I I know uh, that people are not aware about what's about to happen. Uh, So many possible glitches that could take place. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on the fact that uh, Rhode Island, and I think this is totally wrong. This should not happen. There's going to be mistakes and problems here. But the state is uh, moving into electronic voting. Well, certainly the, the problems are manifold. In fact, from what I understand, many national organizations, including some pretty left-leaning, and I believe Common Cause Rhode Island is on this list, oppose this move right now because it's just not ready um, and there, there's so many risks. And a lot of it seems to be, for, certainly from that Providence Journal article, it seems to be uh, driven by the company, a company that intends to profit from this, this shift. Who, you know, they've hired lobbyists to try to get government to move in this direction. Uh, and I, I think it's, I, I share your concerns that it's, it's not secure. And I think especially at this place, at this time and place, particularly, I mean, even just objectively put aside our political leanings after the last election and and all of that, I think moving into something that raises even more questions about elections is a terrible, terrible move. I mean, more than anything at this point, we need just really a couple elections uh, where people are very confident that there were no sh- shenanigans, that everything was done according to the books. Uh, and this is just a, a step too far. It really makes you feel like people just want to be able to control the outcomes. You know, it's interesting, Justin. That, uh, excellent point. I agree. And, and on top of that, you know, those that are in favor of it, and, and there's a couple of people that are very vocal, it, they, all they talk about is that it's unfair for the disabled Otherwise, how? But but you know what's never addressed is uh, how did they vote in the past? I mean, I I just don't understand this nature. It's not like we have this large block of individuals that they say you know we've been sitting out these elections because we've been unable to to do it. It's it's there's there's no barriers. Um, you know, you think how far we're getting from the basis of an election day where that is the day. Okay, you know, go to the polls. The polls are open. Cast your vote. Last minute campaigning right up till the the very end. And we're getting so far away from that. And now, you know, moving to electronic voting, Justin Katz, we have to talk about the fact that the state's track record, whether it be UHIP or, you know, other instances is not exactly stellar when it comes to confidence and how we can handle things like that. 
<laughs> well, exactly. I mean, I, I thought of UHIP as well. Just the idea that we could we could pull it off is, is in itself, even if it were desirable. That's that's a major question mark in Rhode Island. But as far as the the reference to disabled people and so on, I I mean, it's it's just classic radical progressive rhetoric, right? You pick a group, a sympathetic group that maybe could benefit by the thing you want to do for some other reason, say stealing elections, and you you focus on that group. So nobody asks any questions. You insulate the group. And we've talked about this with with I don't know when when progressives hide behind children or something. You know, you oh you can't hurt the children, right? It's all just hiding behind them. And I, I think that's what we see with that is they okay, we want electric ballot voting for whatever reason. What group can we put forward as our quote in marketing, you call it the hero, as our yep. hero uh, to to be the uh, the face of this so nobody can question our motives. We, it's all it's all good. And, and who could possibly want to prevent the poor, disabled people from voting? And as you say, they've been voting, you know, and in fact, you know, exactly. just psychologically, I mean, just it's almost I'd almost prefer to give people something small they can do like that to feel like they've they've done something they've participated as few full human beings and they don't have to sit at home and and they're, they're too poor and disabled to, to actually go out right. and vote I mean that that I and to that I mean if, if that's a, a kind of a tangent but I think it, it goes speaks to the very different the very different worldviews and idea of what our country should even be. Where, as you say, you go out to the polls. This is what we do. It's how we express our our democratic priorities and and how we show we're fully participating in our society. No, no, no. You can stay home, click on the internet, give us your vote, and and that's good enough. You can just be a potato in your in your room. And I I think for all all those reasons, it really shouldn't be. I mean, it shouldn't even be a, a discussion, frankly. It really should not. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, it's just it's so far away from, you know, you go to your local polling place and they call out your name. Many times it's actually very social, uh, but people like to be part of the, the process. I, um, I don't know how then you start to track that down. And you're also exactly right. Someone who's a, a big blowhard on this is that re- retired judge who used to be part of the Board of Elections, Steve Erickson. Anyone that screams this up, he starts saying, my wife is disabled. Oh, are you saying you don't want her to vote? She can't vote because she's dis- How has she been voting in the past? Like, what are you talking about? And, and so everything has to bend because, I mean, there are many, unfortunately, people who are disabled. But, you know, we, we there are restaurants that are handicap accessible. There's Ripta's handicap accessible. Why, why is it that suddenly these, these people are unable to? to vote i i think uh, everything could just blow up uh with this september primary now also i want to get your thought on two things number one it's a big piece in uh politico where they talk about the fact that democrats normally safe seats are really in the play they highlight and have a photo of former Christian mayor alan fung but justin i'd like to get your thoughts on that newsmaker interview i i just couldn't believe the first segment they do it in segments the first line of questioning in the segment uh for former Cranston mayor alan funk to his credit he sat there took it answered it all pretty well but boy it is to me it's almost like a parody of how they treat a republican candidate for office well yeah i mean it's right that you connect those stories and there, there are multiple where we're seeing examples of this the national nationally partly because of Joe Biden, partly because Democrats are running everything and they don't run things very well, Democrats are in trouble. And so they've got talking points. And that one, and true to form, one of those talking points is point to the most extreme person we can find in the in, in some red area so that we can we can hit the blue state Republicans for this. And that's what they do. I mean, that's, that's I, th- I think if Alan Fung had a, had a really Good response and was the right one is you know, I think he was actually you know very lighthearted about it. It's like newsflash, Republicans are going to take Congress and Rhode right. Island should have a voice in that majority party. Yes. You may not like them wherever they are across the country, but you, you need to have some say in what they're doing. You can't just sit on the other side and gripe like Cicilline. Uh, well, he didn't say that. I am, but uh, the uh, so I, I think that's a, that's exactly the the issue. They're just looking for all these things, and it, it is so. I mean, I was thinking about you know all the all the various issues on the table, and actually a, a visiting priest in my my church this weekend put it in a way I hadn't thought of. I mean, they, 
progressives are literally hunting down Supreme Court justices. Yes. There's, there's, there's literally a group paying people yep. 50 to $200 to tell them where the justices are so they can go harass them in public and mob them. There's no question about that, right? There's, oh, Alan Funk, what's your position on abortion? You know, they're, what about Ron DeSantis? There's no question of, of, to Democrats. Oh, Seth Magaziner, what do you think about progressives hunting down Supreme Court justices? I mean, it's it's it just shows you how how very much the media, even if it's not an overt bias, they just so buy into and are so sympathetic to the Democrat side and a progressive side. I don't even know if they realize what they're doing. They just think this is kind of what journalism is and how it's done. And it's a real shame, but it, but it, it's so predictable at this point that as Alan Fung showed, you, it's possible to to have a, a good response that kind of puts puts them back on their heels a little bit. And just I don't expect everyone to have seen it, but folks, the the you know, and again, I, I respect Tim White, I respect Ted Nisi. I understand they feel the I like the you know, I I have to ask you these questions. It's really it's not a have to, it's they want to, but you know, the questions are about January sixth, the questions are about in twenty twenty four, would you vote for Trump? Uh, are you gonna cast a ballot for Kevin McCarthy? I mean it's it's one right after another. And Justin, that also ties in with, you know, the media other than I'll give credit to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe that said, you know, I was really uncomfortable with that. And I'm certainly not carrying it in its water. But at that Langevin magazine or press briefing where Lynch, Congressman Langevin gave his endorsement to Seth Magaziner, the general treasurer, Magaziner takes the microphone and is instructing the media, OK, and you're going to help us get out there and you're going to help us do this against Mayor Fung. And and here's where your part comes in. Justin Katz, it, it was as if he was addressing volunteers for the campaign that were ready to you know go out and knock on doors have you ever seen when they gather everyone around and we're going to go out and this is our message and everyone's got their marching orders i i think that was the, one of the more remarkable pieces that i noticed that the the local media doesn't want to talk about that that's how seth magazine views them as part of the campaign well yeah certainly democrats have learned to to do that wow. right i mean that's that's just how that's how it works. I mean, nationally, a lot of conservative pundits say, you know, it's a, the Democrat, the media wing of the Democrat Party is how they put yes. it. There's, there's real, there's real justification for that view. And as I said, it's, it's not, it's not entirely clear to me that any of them realize what they're doing. Even maybe Magaziner, to some extent, it seemed like he was saying, oh, well, we're just going to focus on the important facts, and you're going to help us because you provide facts. But and they all think it's objectively reality but they're just they're they're just so in that group think especially around here and we, we've discussed over the last couple of years they they are overtly excluding alternative voices which is you know why all these news media organizations ought to have deliberately have people even if even if us conservatives are, are in a very small minority which you know i'm i'm not entirely sure we are in rhode island then that ought to be a represented voice at least to put a little bit of fire and pressure on on the incumbents who control everything from the democrat party in this state uh, so i say so I, I, again i don't think they i don't think they even realize how in lockstep they actually are and how predictably uh, predictably partisan they are i think they think they're they're actually objective and i, I don't know that seth magazine even thought he was giving instructions he just it just came across because that's what they do they just they're all in the same club so to speak Folks, we're going to take a, a quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote 401. 732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. 
Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, I want to get your thoughts breakdown. It uh, turned out to be the week that was uh, Senator Tierra Mack. It became a national story. It might have even been an international story, but picked up, and I mean everywhere, and especially Tucker Carlson, the number one show in cable news. Uh, he focused on it three nights in a row. I was on Newsmax over the weekend uh, giving commentary about the Trump Alaska rally. As soon as anyone hears Rhode Island, the first thing they jump out on now is uh, Senator Mack. You know, there's different elements to this, and I just want everyone to understand, because there's also insight to how the media works on this. So, 4th of July, Senator Mack goes to, I think it was 4th of July, or it could have been the Sunday, but he, anyway, the holiday weekend goes to Block Island with some friends, and they're clowning around, and she makes a TikTok video where she's upside down, as people have seen, and twerking, and then closes it out by saying, vote Senator Mack. Now, some important elements of this. Number one, I've always thought she's very immature. She's entitled to goof around with her friends on a day off, but what, what should not be lost is she has two TikTok accounts. Now, a lot of people aren't on TikTok. I am. She has two. She has a personal one, and then she has a campaign one. She could have uplifted this to her personal uh, account and said, hey, listen, I'm entitled to a, a personal life and da-da-da. And it's not, but no, she loaded it to the campaign account. And then she's even asking for the vote. How that story evolved and how the local media, to me, still gave her a free pass warrants discussion. I want to hear your thoughts on the upside-down twerking video. Just <laughs> well, I think one of, one of the reasons it, it... – caught so much attention is it it is just such the such a great representation of the immaturity not only of yes. mac but of of uh, i think older generations think of younger generations now in general and especially progressives and, and there's just just this this attitude i don't know if it, it's because they were brought up with this self-esteem philosophy where you know adults are supposed to cater to your needs and, and appreciate you no matter what you do but it's just that kind of i mean children for at least decades have have gone out there and and rebelled to test and see how far can i go before somebody says you're going too far stop it and it, we've just we're kind of off the rails on that and so that's her her attitude is they'll never take me seriously i went to brown i'm a state senator and they'll, they'll never respect me no they we don't respect you because you're upside down in a bikini shaking your rear end yes. on a video that you're putting out there in public and i think what's, what's really lost here is you know, respect is a two-way street, and it is in her entire yeah. persona. Certainly online, her entire persona, and and even back and progressives. You think of Sam Bell going after Ruggiero right in the Senate while his family's there. Respect is kind of acknowledging the other person can have different mores than you, and you reflect them. And when you're in public office, when you are a state senator, you are representing people. And even if a majority of your constituents love the fact that you're half naked, shaking yourself on a video online for all to see, even if they all love it, a good, a fair, some number, not more than, more than say 10, are really uncomfortable with that. And part of being in public office is to reflect that and respect that and respect the office as well and say, you know what, I'm in this office. Other people have held it that hold different views. Other people will hold it that have different views. I'm going to respect that and I'm going to control myself with a little bit of self-respect. And they, they, it's just completely out the window and they, they turn it into a, an attack. And, and the the questioning, I mean, even, you know, it's a, it's a real question to me whether any of the news media would have said anything about it if it hadn't been so so widely shared nationally and internationally. I think right. that's really... They were I mean, initially I, not doing anything on it. They yeah, were exactly. not doing anything about it. That's right. Yeah, at first it's going to be... Oh, you, you brought up a good point. It goes back to she first came into office and she had that... Uh, that that photo uh, picture site they did, the photo shoot where it was, we're not coming to the table, we're bringing the table to the state house. And then Jean Velasante said, that's a fierce pose. And then she did that interview where she said, I am a, a queer woman of color, her words, therefore, there should not be any negative press about me. Any press about me should be positive. Do you remember bringing, uh, pointing out that, Justin Katz, when we talked about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And so this carries over. You know, I was all over it on Tuesday and Wednesday, and the local media, Channel 12, didn't do anything till Friday. 
Channel 10 just said she turned down our request. This was on Tuesday. Channel 10 did a piece. She turned down our request for an interview. Justin, if that had been a Republican and if it had been a white male Republican, you would have seen the reporter oh, knocking on the door. Hello, anybody? Home? They would have done like that to the House. She did not want to go on by the time. The Providence Journal, by the way, has still yet to do anything about it. But even when they did, even the Boston Globe story on it said, you know, so-and-so, uh, another uh, Senator, Jonathan Acosta, brought out the elephant in the room that if it was a man, no one would be talking about it. Again, giving cover for it, they framed it as the right-wing conservatives are upset about this. But, Justin, the thing about her, and again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. We're talking about that Senator Tierra Mack upside-down twerking video. You know, Justin, but the local media, they're afraid of her. They are. And for you, you bring up a really good point with the respect goes both ways. She doesn't. She's a child. She's immature. She uses inappropriate language and then claims I'm a millennial. We drop F-bombs. We, I'm just authentic. She talks about cannabis. She, she was the leader of don't, don't uh, you know, don't forget about the, the defund the police, abolish the police. She... By the time Thursday rolled around, she got a suit out of the closet, put it on for Channel 10. And then Friday, that interview with Ted Nisi on Channel 12, they gave her four days to prepare for it. And still, I, I can't believe that, you know, the stuff that she, to me, she's just, she's not, maybe as an activist, but she is not suited, for, I don't think, for public office. Oh, no, certainly unfit. I mean, having respect for, for people and, and a minimum of, of cultural norms, that, that is how we show respect for each other. I mean, even a minimum of that, she's just not fit to be in office. And, you know, I got to say, I'm not, I'm not so sure the news media is as afraid of her as they are just sympathetic and they want her and progressives to see Good to point. succeed. And, and I'm not so yeah. sure that, and I, I really am more and more, and I, I, I don't like to say it because I used to consider them at least friendly acquaintances, but a lot of these reporters, I'm not sure they respect people or Rhode Islanders or yeah. I, 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 they're, they're just in her boat. I mean, you can, you mentioned yeah. the difference if this were say a white male Republican that, well, oh. I mean, first of all, look at, um, uh, what's his name? Justin Price. John, well, no, John, um, the, Oh, Lugo. Lugo. I mean, it's it suddenly international news on a, on a two, 22 second doctored clip. And that's big. But, but if you, if you look at Channel 12 went to his house and knocked on the door. Yeah. And, and in know? the past on something like this, especially something where it's cultural and norms and things that people would be embarrassed about, these reporters wouldn't just be knocking on their door. They'd be in the streets showing it on their yeah. cell phones or tablet to people on the street. What do you think of this from Senator Mack? And, yeah. oh, wow, that's, ooh, that's kind of objectionable. And maybe they have one or two and go, ah, whatever. But, but they'd, they'd be out there. What's the public actually think about this? They don't care. They don't want to know because they don't want to give the public any indication that they maybe should have some reservations about this. And so that's why, I, you know, I, they, I think the disrespect for people goes right into the media, right into the state house at this point, And I think it arguably goes back to the, the digital voting, right? I mean, it's just, we don't, we don't really even care if you're uncomfortable with this, we want to do it this way and, and we're yep. going to do it. And, and if you, if you don't like it, then it must be because you're, you don't like disabled people. And that's that kind of insult shows disrespect as well. And so I think that's, that's what it comes down to. It's kind of like the characteristic of our, our local uh, elite at this point in Rhode Island. You know, and, and another thing about Senator Mack is, um, you know, she also posted a video on TikTok where she went after the Senate President Ruggiero over something that happened, a shoplifting thing that happened in the late 80s. When she did the interview with Channel 12, it wasn't even brought up. Like, gee, why did you also use this occasion and platform to start attacking the Senate President on that? And Justin Katz, is, there was also a woman posted at her on Twitter, I saw, saying, hey, listen, when you were canvassing, you, you went right by me. I live on your street. You don't even ask me for my vote. And the, and the woman is, is Caucasian. And I think that's part of it. She has this thing of like, I don't need older people to vote for me because I'm a millennial. And the other part of this, Justin Katz, that no one brings up except I will, is Meyer Behrman Brophy, Brophy Behrman, who was August 1st of last year, was shot and killed right on Only Street, which is Max District. If you go through all of her social media, 24-year-old girl from Warwick, white, shot and killed, mistaken identity in a gang shooting. If you go through Senator Max Times, any of her social media and scrub it, you won't find one mention of that that girl 
was shot and killed. And and at the same time, you know, she also posted on Twitter that she was getting death threats, yet she's not even asked. Well, she was asked on Channel 12. Did you contact the police on that? Oh, no, I haven't contacted them. Well, that's because she wants to abolish the police. I, you could be right, sympathetic, but I, I think we both can agree she gets favorable treatment from the local media. Yeah, certainly. I mean, <laughs> on, a, on a good interpretation, maybe it's it's almost her, her whole candidacy and, and time in office is almost like a prank. And so maybe they just sort of feel like, oh, OK, well, it's just a prank. You can't take it too seriously. I, I don't know. Maybe that, that's the best I could do on for the on every half. And, and one more note on that, uh, Justin Katz, when she did, when they did uh, a big profile on her in the Boston Globe, and it was Ed Fitzpatrick. Now, again, the things I've mentioned, she is a big proponent of cannabis. She puts, I effing love abortion, huge on abortion provider. She, as I said, I found, you know, here it is, um, you know, someone was shot and killed in her district. And, and not even a, a hint of it, um, um, anything about that. And then finally, when, when there was a big profile on her, what does he ask her about? He asked her about, uh, you know, what's your favorite donut place? And also about, I think, about playing rugby. And Justin, one more thing. How about the fact the local media started to actually go along with her spin, which was she was only doing this to get attention for it, her, her, her issues, excuse me. I will twerk to draw attention to solitary confinement. I will twerk for trans rights. I will twerk to, is that, I, I believe that's maybe the worst spin I've ever heard in covering politics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what happened to like hunger strikes and things like that? We actually yes. sacrifice, you, you know, going out there and being an immature kid on a beach in a bikini you're you're not sacrificing yourself for your causes that right. she, she likes the attention and she and she gets positive reviews i'm sure from the people she actually cares about uh yes. which includes the news media so uh you know yeah it's it's terrible terrible spin but she doesn't have to spin and that's kind of what makes her whole shtick a a, a a big game and and frankly what makes it disturbing is there, there are no standards at this point for somebody in office and she actually that was part of her spin too i'm i'm pressing forward bravely to I'm yes. paraphrasing, pressing forward <laughs> bravely to change the norms for people in public office well yeah. no we have those norms for a reason the reason being if we don't have norms we're going to be at each other's throats all the time and right. that's that's what they want that's what progressives want marxists basically it's what they want they want to have they want people to be at each other's throats so they can get us distracted and we'll vote for their policies so yeah this is part of her activism and it's it's up to it's up to the rest of us including the shameful news media to to make sure that these these strategies and these pranks don't actually work, that we don't have to be governed by adolescents. I also, before we take a break, I think this blew up on her. I didn't, I think she didn't think it through. I think she's immature and her and her friends were goofing around. Uh, they posted this. She had no idea of the backlash. Uh, I, I think she loses her September primary. She does have a primary against Joe Almeida. He's running one. He's been a rep. Uh, Dominic Ruggiero, there's nothing more he'd like to see Senator Mack defeated because she's a child. Uh, you can't deal with her. She, you can't take her serious. She's she's inconsistent. She's all over the place. Uh, and just her spin of, oh, what, I'm not allowed to go to the beach? That's, that's what I wear at the beach, a bikini. We're not talking about you're filming yourself. It's the upside down. It's the twerking. That's uh, a popular dance of the clubs. Her narrative and spin is is just pathetic to listen to. But I, I'm telling you, not only is she going to lose a September primary, one year from now, she's not even going to be living in Rhode Island. She may be successful as an activist, uh, you know, Ivy League educated. She's very outspoken. She likes to be out there. But I, I she was uh, she kind of got in a fluke situation. Mets had been there a long time. Uh, they kind of let their guard down. It was a presidential election. I, I predict she's going to be unsuccessful because, you know, this whole business of I'm the twerking person, that's. That's how she's now known. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Our segment is Politics This Week, right here on the John DePietro Show. Time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. 
Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S, Broadway Appliance and TV, located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5, Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner. And they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave? Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook. Springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments jay's broadway appliance and tv 401-949-7800 better yet drive in and see them 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield the Senadale revival stop in and see them comfort food and cocktails you're gonna love the Senadale revival located 2025 smith street north providence right in Senadale, right across from north providence town hall Delicious food, delicious drinks, live entertainment on the weekends. Shane and his crew, they're waiting for you. A great time is going to be had by all at the Senadale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz. Justin, uh, looking at the race for governor, uh, what do you make of the fact that Governor McKee kind of, two things. Number one, he's still continuing this it's it's totally ethically wrong, but now the more we follow him, there there's no ethical guidelines with with Governor McKee. Uh, now, when he was lieutenant governor, people may remain. He came under fire for um, he took not only just one free trip to Taiwan, he took two free trips to Taiwan. Now it totally fits in with his persona. But what do you make? He's still doing these Rhode Island momentum tour, even though they're their official business under the guise of that, but they're really just to be able to film videos and they're really campaign events but the fact that he started to attack the republican candidate ashley kalis what do you think of that strategy well i, I think it goes along with some of the other things we're discussing i mean the na nationally the word has gone out go after desantis so to some extent it's probably just him following the orders of the party which he needs to have any hope of of being elected um and but i i think it's and it's also <laughs> telling that you know he's doing this and her spokesman had a great comeback saying you know we don't we don't address you know cut and paste press releases when the news just because journalists are asking us them or something right. to that effect <clears throat> it struck me that in the in the reports i think it was kathy gregg in a problems journal on this attack on callus they don't mention oh by the way he's lo losing in polling I mean, that's not that's not mentioned. So I think that's what he's trying to do is distract from the fact that he he's not doing well among Democrats and he, he wants to make it about sort of as we discussed last week, magazine or it's it's all about him and Fung. You know, he's sort of trying to step past the primary. Uh, I think McKee's trying to do something similar, uh, although <clears throat> true to his form, he, he doesn't do it very well. But I, I think uh, I, I think that's just what it is. It's just let's distract. Let's let's try to find someone somewhere uh, that we can try to pin on Callis that she won't be as popular. And this will make it me versus the Republican. But I, I think it's pretty sad, frankly. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think it is. It's interesting because he's not attacking Nelly Gobert. He's not attacking Helena Folks. It's almost as if they want to have him attack someone, something to change the dynamic. Um, Justin Katz, what we're also looking at right now, it, it, it has all the makings of being very historic. The Biden approval numbers are, are getting worse, not better. Uh, the amount of Democrats that don't want him to seek another term, the damage that he is doing to the party. But it is interesting that in both the Democrat primary for governor and also that CD2 race, of, of um, you know, Seth Magaziner, um, that Sarah Morgenthal, David Siegel, Joy Fox, and then you have the Democrat primary for governor with McKee, Matt Brown, Nellie Gobey, Helena Folks. I'm just wondering, at some point, does somebody break out of the pack and also start attacking Biden? Because I, I they're all kind of saying the same thing. No one's really moving in that in either race. Uh, you need some dynamic to change it. 
I just think it's kind of interesting that they're not sure really what to do at this point. I think, you know, the Democrat candidates in both campaigns almost seem a little thrown because they're not sure who to attack or or what exactly to go after, because they're all kind of part of the same losing team. Yeah, and and the news media is certainly not going to force them to to take any stands. I mean, you would think, you know, again, if it were Republican, as unpopular as Biden, and uh, they'd be asking an incumbent Republican governor in Rhode Island, how how are you going to deal with the fact that the president's so unpopular? Do you agree with his policies? Do you like this? What about this? What about inflation? Instead, we get none of it. I mean, I mean, he. He went after Callis. McKee went after Callis for having said that DeSantis uh, is a politician she admires or something to that effect at the yes. recent forum. You know, DeSantis has 56 percent approval according yep. in April. And it's probably gotten better, according to that morning consult poll that McKee had 42 percent approval. So, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. And then, you know, related to our, our other conversation about T.R. Mac, <clears throat> McKee at that thing cited uh, Barack Obama. Now, put aside the probability that that was just cynical pandering. But Obama is the get in their faces guy. You know, if you want to talk about divisive politicians, which is what he said about DeSantis, yeah, Obama is, is arguably one of the central forces who've, who've got us in this divided, hateful time we're in because of that get in their faces kind of attitude. So, I, you know, these are questions a, a reasonable news media would be asking. They're not. And a Democrat's they, they know they can't go to Joe Biden as a con, as a topic. They know they can't go to his policies or anything like that. And so they're, they're just kind of hunkering down. And I think you're right. They're looking for any way to seem like they're still doing politics because, because they can't go after each other. McKee, especially as the old white male, you know, safe prom date uh, that that he's trying to be, he can't go after the, the women in the race, any minorities. He, I mean, he, he's terrified. I mean, the media may or may not be terrified of Tara Mac, but McKee is terrified about what will happen if he seems to be going after um, after point. the women and minorities that he's running against on the Democrat ticket. And I think Magaziner's in the same position. His his press conference with, with uh, Langevin, he, just, he seemed so wooden. He just seemed like yeah. Magaziner, just standard cut and paste politician mouthing what's on his notes and yep. because they're, they're just, I think they're they're not just terrified of of bringing up Joe Biden but just the they're they're all on eggshells and I have to I have to kind of sympathize with them because they they their party is so radical and so far left and so caught up in identity politics they have to be they have to be very careful so you get this vanilla race where I think they all just hope that they can do mail ballots and not actually have to campaign you know, I also want to just pivot back to the Tierra Max story. And Justin, you would raise a, a good point about the media that they're actually sympathetic to her and on her side. When the media did ask, someone asked Governor McKee an event, what did he what did he think of it? And it was the Tuesday, so it happened Fourth of July, so it was July fifth. He they then all laughed because he laughed and said, I don't know what that is. You know, every reporter there had the video on their phone. Every reporter there, you only needed one, could have shown him and said, here's, here's what she was doing on the beach. She posted this on her campaign account, and at the end of it, asked people to vote for her. Now what do you think? And they all could have you know, videotaped him watching it in real time. Instead, they all took his answer and thought it was the funniest thing that he said. He didn't you know, know what it was. To me, that's another example. If you compare that, Justin Katz, to whatever it was a few months ago or whatever, when, when uh, Representative Morgan put that she, she lost a... a black friend of hers because she felt critical race theory the way the media pounced on morgan and going to the house and following around and showing here's the tweet and if someone said they they hadn't read it they'd gladly you know show it to them to get the reaction i think you're exactly right one of the reasons is because they're sympathetic to her but that situation with uh, governor mckee i i thought he got a a free pass from it it should have said let me show you the video do you think in 2022 that's appropriate behavior for a sitting senator running for office in posting this as a campaign video? Oh, you're exactly right. And never mind the fact that but it, I, I missed that one. But it, it seems like if he was saying he didn't know what twerking was, it's kind of a how culturally out of it do you yes. have to be? I mean, that's almost how can you be so racist to not even know what twerking is? I mean, right. right. I mean, that's the kind of thing, treatment a politician would get if the media didn't agree with them but instead they get to laugh things off just like that that's that that's the uh the democrat privilege in rhode island
That's and exactly right. The country, frankly. And then uh, finally, uh, Justin Katz, before we let you go, how about the fact that Sunday shows, there she is, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo out there did uh, this week. Stephanopoulos also did meet the press. And, and the Republican National Committee is running the clip of her saying, and the economy is actually doing very well. I'll tell you, Justin, she, she is, you know, I, I, I get the fact you, you're on the team. The White House asked you to go out there to defend. But I, I think she, she's not doing herself any favors. I mean, anyone right now, she is living in an alternative reality that think that people are not upset over the high price of gas, the high price of groceries. She's trying to say the price of gas is coming down. Uh, the Biden administration is is in free fall. And to, to go out on the Sunday shows and trot that out and, and try to spin people like, oh, no, actually, the economy is doing very well. I, the amount of people that feel that with the country's head, I think it's 75 percent of the country feels they're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, in the New York Times said the the, the poll numbers of Biden are, are the worst polling numbers since they've started keeping polling numbers, and that includes the Democrat Party. But, you know, there's, there's, there's Ramundo going out and saying, even though this is the obvious, the new word she's saying is, it's a recession, but it's not a severe recession. <laughs> now they're going to try to, you know, split, um, you know, split the atom. And, and it's going to be, oh, it's a recession. It's just not a severe recession. Yeah, or or it's better than it would have been if we had. But what really jumped out at me at that in, in that interview with Stephanopoulos is she, and this is one for the books if it if it's successful. She actually implied that if that she, actually she didn't imply she stated we're talking ourselves into a recession. So if we go into recession, it's not Joe Biden's fault. It's not the yeah. fact that he's attacking uh, our energy industry. It's not the inflation because of government spending. None of that. No, no, no. It's because you Americans are talking yourselves into it. You don't deserve a good economy. It sort of reminds me of when, when I was a kid and I went to see Peter Pan and Tinkerbell comes out and says, oh, if you want him to come back, you all have to believe in him or something like that. That's what, oh, if you want a good economy, we just have to believe it. Otherwise, you're talking yourself into a bad economy. And it's it's your fault, not our fault. But what struck me, I thought of her actually recently with the with the employment numbers because it, oh, jobs are fully recovered. But you know, the employment survey is not, and that was a very similar situation to when she was governor in Rhode Island, and she spent a lot of time to the point that I could I could never quite prove it, but I always had this feeling that the Department of Labor and Training in Rhode Island was kind of gaming the jobs numbers to make her look yeah. a little better. And sure. that's now with them in office federally, you can really you can really wonder: Definitely. is the Bureau of Labor Statistics playing with these? numbers to make yes. it look like the economy is better because people know it's not and people right. are behaving as if it's not and so yeah she's just it's just insulting it again right back to that disrespect for people and, and honesty it's, it's all about the spin all about the party they don't actually represent you they just want to stay in power yeah if you go back to the 70s there was a period of time gerald ford was in office after nixon he and his staff they're walking around wearing wind buttons meaning for those that wanted to win. It was a total disaster, but it kind of reminds <laughs> me of that. Folks, yeah. he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. Our segment is politics this week. It's Justin Katz. Justin, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn.